Hello, everybody. We're live, and welcome to another episode of the Media Vote Podcast, your one-stop weekly news source for movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name's Mike. With me is Matt. Oh. This is Matt. I got with me this week. With me, this is... Hello, for those of you who can see. Yes, I'm Matt, and his name is Mike, and he's also with me uh, in real meat space here. Not a, a super meat space. <laughs> super meat space. <laughs> Whatever you call it. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is the Media Boat Podcast. It's everything that he just said it is. It is July the 2nd, 2022. If you're in the U.S., happy long weekend. Uh, happy post-Bobby Bonilla day. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> Hopefully you're getting millions of dollars for sitting on your butt as well. Uh, welcome to another episode. We're happy to be here. Um, and we're happy to give you a podcast, even though it's a little slower. Uh, we're in the doldrums of summer, which means that news is not trickling out as fast as it has been in the past. That being said, we still have stuff to talk about today. So let's get rolling right into it, shall we? Yes, and we start with the music section. And we, we start music with the Billboard Hot 100. All right, what's hot? I almost forgot what we were doing here. Yeah, Blanking. Blanking with the heat because uh, cooking <laughs> at number one is Jimmy Cooks by Drake featuring 21 Savage. But, you know, yeah. Drake's number one. Congratulations Not again. Not what I thought was going to chart here, but sure. Nope. The nope. rap song, on, yeah. a song full, on an album full of not rap songs. Well, okay. So this is Drake's album came out two weeks ago. Missed last yes. week. This is all the Drake stuff popping in right now. Yeah. But... Keeping at number two, as it was, Harry Styles. Yep. Uh, at three, First Class by Jack Harlow. At four, Wait For You, Future. But really, it's Drake and Thames. 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 And rounding out your top five, It's About Damn Time by Lizzo. <laughs> Song of the Summer. Every time. Every time, because it's about damn time. <laughs> uh, as for your album chart, you Billboard 200. No surprise. Honestly, comma, never mind. We don't need to do this section anymore. Uh, Drake <laughs> is your number one section. Is your number one section. Is your number, number one, one album. Uh, at two, Umbranos and T by Bad Booty. Mm-hmm. At three, mm-hmm. Harry's House by Harry Styles. Yep. Coming in at four, Proof by BTS. And rounding out your top five. Dangerous, the double album yeah. by Morgan Wallen. It's back. Just it's back. It's back. Anyway. Anyways, get out of here. If you didn't like any of those albums, we do have new releases, including Leap by James Bay, Freedom by Journey. Yes, yes that, that journey. journey. Just in time for 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Uh, Found Light by Laura Veers, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead by <laughs> Megadeth. Yeah, yeah that Megadeth. Megadeth. Uh... Formentera by Metric. Yes, that Metric coming back. Yep. And Cave World by Viagra Boy. <laughs> so yeah, something for everybody. Uh, yeah, a little something for everybody. Yes. Uh, making a comeback like Viagra Boys. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's get into some music news, shall we? And we start in the world of royalties because uh-huh. it a big win for the publishing and songwriting community. The Copyright Royalty Board reaffirmed the 15.1% headline rate increase in royalties paid by streaming services to publishers for the 2018-2022 period. 
The rate was decided in 2018, but streaming services Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google, and Pandora appealed the following year, arguing that the increase will make their business models untenable in light of the billions of dollars that they already pay in royalties. For the record, Apple Music, the world's second largest music streaming <laughs> service, is not involved in these proceedings. Yeah. While the decision was not immediately released to the public, source uh, uh, immediately released publicly, mm -hmm. sources and national music publisher uh, AS, Asin, Association Asin, Asin, the Assassin, <laughs> Association uh, President and CEO David Israelite shared that the headline rate will increase to 15.1 from previously 11.4% for that period as previously decided. The decision comes ahead of a similar decision for the 2023-2027 upcoming period for which the NMPA has argued for a 20% headline rate. Hey, if so, you ask me, this is good news. So this just means yeah. back pay yeah. coming in? And then it's just immediately going to jump next year another two percent, <laughs> unless of course or five percent streamers appeal again, which they probably will. They probably will. Yeah. Make all their money, and then oh, we make all this. Okay, here's your little back pay now. So yeah, this is good news if you're a songwriter, obviously. Um, and honestly, anything that makes this big streaming companies mad is good news because <laughs> yeah, they're the little cheapskates who don't want to pay what they actually need to pay the artists and songwriters here. Well, you know, because we don't technically own anything yeah, anymore whatever. it's all digital but yeah i thought this was a nice little feel-good story uh going into the summer here um people getting paid and it's good to see really because i thought this upcoming was a feel-good story of the summer i mean it's definitely a feel-good story but oh, we'll, get, we'll there. get there all right but first we gotta pay a visit to the hospital guess so because some uh well no a couple of yes. people pair Yes. Um, uh, Well-known artists have found themselves hospitalized, including Poison's frontman, Brett Michaels. Not Brett Michaels was poisoned. Poison's, <laughs> the band's band, Poison, <laughs> frontman, Brett Michaels, yeah. has confirmed the hospitalization that caused the band to pull out of a concert in Nashville on Thursday. Quote, I believe this is from Brett Michaels. Yes. Yes. On an Instagram account. Ugh, Instagram. Where news breaks everywhere now. <laughs> Quote, to the incredible fans in Nashville, thank you for all your well wishes. I was truly fired up to get on stage in the Music City and perform, but due to an unknown complication and following hospitalization, it was not possible. I send my deepest apologies for being unable to rock the stage tonight. I'm working on being back 100% very soon and hope you rocked hard with my friends Motley, Leopard, Joan, and classless act. <laughs> That's my good Brett Michaels impersonation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> workshop that one. Um, so yeah, um, sure. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't necessarily. The story doesn't necessarily go into what's going on with him, but uh, of course, hopeful, hope for a speedy recovery and he gets back to rocking, as they say, rocking. Yeah, with that W in there. Yep. All right, rock and the rawest of rocks. Yeah, but he wasn't the only one uh, going to the hospital, unfortunately, this week. No, because if you were paying attention to any of the tabloids, yes. or maybe Twitter, because everyone... Or the radio, I heard this one on the radio. Maybe. Ooh, really? Yeah. The radio, that's yeah. old school. I know. Yep. Um, Travis Parker. Yeah. Former drummer, current love husband to still, the Kardashians. Still current drummer. 
don't think he stopped drumming. He guessed it. He's on just drumming on a different beat. Now? Yeah, he just uh, guessed it on that uh, Avril Lavigne comeback record. I heard. Um, so he's around. So yes, that Travis Barker. Yes. Uh, recently went to the emergency uh, hospital yeah. on Tuesday uh, due to pancreatitis. Yeah. Which doctors believe to be triggered by a colonoscopy. Yikes. According to TMZ. Yeah. Multiple sources connected to the family have confirmed the hospitalization was a result of a pancreas inflammation, which includes symptoms like nausea, intense stomach pain, and vomiting. Ugh. There are no details as to when Barker had the colonoscopy, but reports say it was recent. Yeah. So Travis Barker's 46. About time, you know. As you get older in age, you get... Gotta check on. that gotta out. Check gotta it check out. that shit out. For yep. sure. Uh, so, um, he was rushed to Cedar sinai Medical Center for further care after first checking into West Hills Hospital and Medical Center on Tuesday. Yeah, so, uh, man, uh, watch everyone in uh, Blink-182 because they're all on alert. Uh, lately, they're all getting up there in age too. Yeah, it's it's scary that this that a routine checkup like this that should be done for men of his age ends up kind of um, having an unexpected side effect. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, just like Brett Michaels, we hope that he recovers quickly and that he gets back to to, to drumming like crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's been an, it's an interesting, especially timing now because he's been everywhere. He's been all over. He's at every award show. He's collaborating with every mm-hmm. artist. He's macking on Kourtney Kardashian every chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's sad to see um, a big surprise like this. But uh, yeah, uh, quick quick recovery. Yep. Anyway. Uh, anyways, um, one last bit of music news. We don't really have to go into it because we've gone over this. Yeah. At nauseum, but verdict finally. Oh no, sorry. The verdict came in. The sentencing happened. The sentencing happened this past week, and. R. Kelly, yes, that R. Kelly, officially sentenced to 30 years in prison. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, this is a good call. Uh, he'll be there probably for the duration. <laughs> I doubt um, uh, he'll come out on the other end of this. Uh, I have a feeling. But uh, yeah, um, obviously, well-deserved is what I'll say. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, we already knew that he was found guilty right. um, months ago. This was just a follow-up sentencing. I believe he starts serving it immediately. Yeah. So. So. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. All right. But on a lighter note, on a lighter maybe note. actually, not sure. Did uh, you listen to anything? You, I didn't. Well, I did some catch up. Uh, I guess briefly, I'll mention I did uh, go back and finish that soccer mommy record. Mm-hmm. It's good if you like her stuff. Um, you like this? It's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more experimental, a little bit more on the, um, the. Uh, electronic side of the 90s influence as opposed to the Sheryl Crow side of the 90s influence that she kind of started with. Uh, but yeah, she continues kind of exploring uh, a lot of different 90s themes and a new, uh, with a new kind of uh, 21st century lens. So uh, yeah, I like I like Soccer Mommy still. Uh, that record's pretty good. I'm um, trying to think of anything this week. Not really. All right. I understand you... Imagine some dragons. Yes, so you may want to cover your ears because I listen to Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so Imagine Dragons released a new double album, Mercury Acts 1 and 2. Yeah. This one hour and 50 Oof. minute movie length <laughs> album. 
Two out, nearly two hours of Imagine Dragons. So I only got through about one act of this. <laughs> but that's not for lack of trying, because believe it or not, I actually like this album. Sure, okay. Um, this album actually harkens back to the first two albums that Imagine Dragons came out back in, what, oh god, was that 2010 now? That was, yeah, probably a decade ago. Yeah, almost a decade ago, um, where they're not, at least the first act that I listened to, not doing the big bombastic stadium tours. It's yeah. not the big bombastic stadium town. This uh, sound town sound sound town sound town. Yeah, um, this is Imagine Dragons going back to its. Uh, can we say emo roots? Uh, no, no, I don't think they've so, ever been really emo. Okay, uh, rock core roots. Where, I see maybe a little of a new metal influence. Yeah, new metal. A lot of like Linkin Park influence. Yeah, but, um, but like with all the edges sound sanded down. Yeah. <laughs> like if Lincoln Park got uh, went on an alternate timeline where they got really into Maroon Five, <laughs> maybe not quite as much. But I, I could tell you that like high school me would have loved this album. Sure, it, like inner high school child of me. Yes, I know you're still a child old <laughs> at high school. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Uh, I actually really likes this album. Um, at least the first part of it's to it. It's got harkens back to like you mentioned a lot of that new metal, a lot of that Lincoln Park sound. A lot of the uh, Foo Fire sound where like it's you struggling against the world, but don't worry, there's light and there's hope there. And yeah. this is um, the album for that kind of person and that kind of uh, stage of your life that you're in. I really like that, that part of it. Okay. I'm going to the second act. I don't know how it's going to end, but I like where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> you got through the rising action. You need everything to fall apart. Oh, also, they needed to find a place to put the arcane um, sound. Of course, the uh, song, from, song. The, from the show, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Enemy. So, there. it's in here. It's in there. It, it actually leads it off. But it has nothing completely to do with the other stuff. They just figured that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's in there. Like, we haven't put it on an actual album. Might as well put it on an actual album. Right. It's how to get those dreams. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, Magic Dragons, new album, new double album out. Uh, if you want to give if your older, want to give your inner high school kid something to listen to <laughs> could be worth a listen all right otherwise it's well, an hour ish. and 50 minutes i never got to the second half yeah though. i just i, I don't know who too, has the time i know it's too much imagine dragons you're going you're on, on a road trip, trip maybe <laughs> i don't know where are you going for a road trip flying off plane to the maybe. desert are you driving to vegas to <laughs> watch imagine dragons <laughs> yeah then hey listen to Magic dragons all the way to watch Imagine dragons anyways okay anyways. well Alright, so it seems like a Mad Dragons record. Yeah, it's pretty much what you expect from Mad Dragons, yeah. except it's more um, taken back to like the radioactive days and not so much the new stadium tour stuff that they've been doing. Sure. I mean, I can't tell the difference, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, let's move into some video games. Yeah, why don't we? And we start with new releases, okay. including Eurokill, colon, the Calumnation. I gotta game. tell you, I almost skipped the video game new releases this week. There's I nothing. almost just put a fat nothing important because I don't care about anything here. Maybe Klonoa. But yeah, I have no idea what Yuru Kill the Calumnation games even means. I don't know either. But that's for the <laughs> PS4, PS5, and Switch. Uh, we also have Match Point colon Tennis Championships for everything but the Switch um, mm -hmm. to coincide with Wimbledon happening this yeah. week. And uh, lastly, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. Yes. Uh, for Reverie. everything. 
Reverie. So this is a um, a repackaging, uh, re-release of Klonoa One and Two. If you don't know what Klonoa was, baby, I have Klonoa. Uh, sorry, that's a reference for no one. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry, let me explain that real quick. Uh, it was a there was an ad in video game magazines back when Klonoa came out, ninety eight, I think. That was literally like a couple talking to each other, and uh, it's supposed to be like Klonoa sounds like an STD. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like, no, but but be, we have to be careful. I have Klonoa. And then the, la- the lady is saying, but baby, I want Klonoa. <laughs> Fucked up. Anyways, <laughs> the 90s were a different time. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so the Klonoa 1 and 2 were PlayStation games originally. Uh, I believe one on PlayStation 1 and 2 on PlayStation 2. This is their first re-release. In so this is another one of those repackaging re-releases. Yeah. They're 2D platformers, uh, but in a 3D world. Polygonal platformers. Think like Kirby 64. Uh, but yeah, they were pretty uh, acclaimed at the time. I played a little bit of it, uh, of Clonoa 1, and it seemed fun. So, just me kind of spitballing here. Random thoughts come into my head every now and then. <laughs> Is the video game industry all of a sudden becoming a movie industry where they just repackage and like reskin and absolutely like, re- yes. redo stuff? We've been from- here since the, uh, since the Xbox One. No, we've been here since the Xbox 360, because when you consider the HD remaster trend, right. that's where it started. Because everybody was like, oh, this thing that we put out last generation, we can put it out again, and people will buy it because it'll look better. And it's just gotten worse every generation. Yeah, I don't know, but like we have like the Spyro remaster, the yeah. Crash Bandicoot remaster, Medieval remaster. That's the thing, is they sold so well that Activision especially got the idea, it's like, oh, we can just keep doing this? And people will buy it. So yeah, no, it's it seems like it works. And people love it. Fans love it because they hate to have to drag out their old consoles to play old games. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win, right? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yes. No, I agree with you that just like movies, I wish that there was more original content. But unlike movies, there's a lot of video games coming out all the time that are accessible in all sorts of different ways. Just look at mm-hmm. Steam, just look at itch.io. There's games out there. If you want an itch scratched, no pun intended, there's <laughs> something out there that will scratch it. It's just that in the big AAA space is where you are seeing all of these big uh, reboot, uh, reboots and remasters. Speaking of a reboot and a remaster, yes. God of War. Yeah. Got yeah. a reboot in uh, 2018. Yeah, but this is about the, the sequel. sequel. Yes, God of War. Ragnarok. No one has been looking forward to this more than you. And yet, you keep getting pushed around by whether or not it's even coming out this year. Oh, this is my constantly running joke. I was talking to someone yesterday, actually. Like, oh, what games are you playing? Like, oh, I'm like, I'm playing the waiting game for <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> uh, uh, but this story is a little bit of a good story because someone behind the scenes on the project has finally said something. What? There's been talk? Yes. Yes, there has been, because Sony Santa Monica Studio creative director Corey Balrog has... Barlog. Barlog. He's not the Balrog. Barlog. People get his name wrong all the time. He's the Balrog. No, he's the Barlog. Barlog. Has said the God of War Ragnarok release date hasn't been delayed again, which would mean the game's still on track to arrive later this year, 2022. Mm-hmm. The PlayStation sequel has been the subject of intense speculation over recent weeks, with a number of reports and claims about the status of the game resulting in fans expecting an imminent update on the project. 
earlier in June, a Game Reactor claimed to have heard from European sources that God of War Ragnarok was being delayed to 2023, although Bloomberg subsequently claimed this was not the case. But on Wednesday, Santa Monica Studios' uh, Corey Barlog Thank you. asked fans to, quote, please be patient for news on the eagerly anticipated sequel, echoing similar comments that he made back in April. Quote, I promise things will be shared at the earliest possible moment they can be. End quote. Uh, he also said that were it up to him, he'd share all the information about the game when he found out about it. But it's not up to me. Because, you know, you got marketing people and directing people and... Yeah. Uh, I did also see a headline today that I did not uh, click on, but I saw a headline today on the same source that was saying um, that there was apparently preliminary, or somebody leaked some preliminary plans that the announcement was supposed to happen this week, similar to the announcement that Mm -hmm. happened right before Horizon, where they were like, here's the deluxe package, and here's when you can pre-order. But ultimately, they decided not to do it this week. So Mm -hmm. it makes you think whether they just pushed it back a week, or whether something has happened in development or planning that that plan out i don't know or maybe there was stuff big in the news that they didn't yeah, want to overshadow that's possible it's possible too so i don't know uh at this point i'm still fairly confident we will see some sort of news happen this summer about when it's released I mean, summers goes until august and i still think that this is an end of the year game oh, it's their holiday game yeah i think it's november or december uh, i would be shocked mark my words here on this podcast, I will be shocked if this gets pushed. I am waiting for a release date so I can schedule my time off <laughs> at the end of the year to play this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing ahead, right? Uh, I'd like to play it ahead, but they won't give me a release date. Yeah. Now, this second story, this the the head the the, the actual story I copy and paste does not do this story justice. So I'll elaborate on it after you read it. But let's go ahead and read the baseline here. Okay, so baseline: Nintendo had a shareholders meeting. And Nintendo, and someone asked Nintendo to release a new F-Zero game during its annual general meeting on the past Tuesday. As reported by N-Styles, during the Q&A portion of the meeting, one shareholder asked if the company had any plans for new titles or remakes related to past IPs. They then specifically mentioned games by name they'd like to see, including... F-Zero, Batten Kaidos, Wario Land, The Frog for Whom the Bell Tolls, Trade in Battle, colon, Card Hero, and Chosju Mecha MG. <laughs> Do note that this shareholder was not just any shareholder. Yeah. As he had purchased $40,000 yes. worth of shares to specifically ask a question. Yeah. During the shareholders meeting. So yeah, that's the part that this story for some reason leaves out, which is fascinating. To oh, me. I read and this. And that's why this was the story of the week for me yes. for video games. It's just wild to me that this guy it was a long con. Oh yes. This guy is a Nintendo fan that happened to, I guess, have a bunch of money, and he decided to invest in the company in this way. Uh so he just to get to a point where he could ask them straight up, hey, where's F Zero? Um, of course, their reaction to this, which is also not in the story for some reason, mm-hmm. um, their reaction to this was like, well, dude, 
we cannot work. We just don't have the resources to work on every single franchise we've ever made. We can't make sequels to every game ever. And the Nintendo thing. We just have to make decisions, you know, when they seem right. So, yeah, it's just, it's the dedication of this guy and the fact that he was willing to spend so much money in order to basically speak on behalf of forum users everywhere. Uh, Hey, there's F-Zero fans everywhere. There's dozens of them. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. Out of all the games, though, to lead with F-Zero? Okay. He wants more Falcon Punches. I get future Futurist Racing can be cool. I think F- F-Zero games have been really neat. I like the Wipeout series mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. There's cool things you can do with futuristic racing games. But I don't know. Haven't we done it all? Like, How much more future can we get? I honestly, at this point, think you just put a... Um, you put out, I know, again, reboots and remasters, but I think you put out um, F-Zero's uh, 60, uh, a combination of... Actually, you know what? F-Zero 64 is already on the, the service, the N64 service on Switch. Just re, just uh, redo F-Zero GX, the GameCube game. Just put that out. Just put remaster that out. It does everything you need it to do, and then people will be happy. You don't even need to make a new F-Zero game. Who am I, though, to say what Nintendo's going to do? Um, it's just, yeah, the gumption of this dude. The sheer balls on really this Really wants an F-Zero game. <laughs> so, congratulations to this gentleman. You know, at 40k, he probably have started development on a new F-Zero game. Well, you know, part of me is like, cool, good for him. But also, the other part of me it reminds me of the whole the petition to change Sonic in the movie thing. Because, yes. like, I feel like fans are too powerful. Fans are getting what they want too much. Ever since the Mass Effect 3 and big debacle. I feel like fans get what they want too much and, like, I don't know, it weirds me out. Like, creators create what they want. Like, creators dictate what art they make. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, but you always ask for those creators to do better. Which we do constantly in the yeah. music section. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. Uh, so, have you been playing anything? Uh, yeah. Have you been playing any video games? Oh, just more Neon White. That's pretty much all I've been doing. That game is still good. Oh, okay. I'm happy to report. All right. I've been playing uh, more Disney Mirrorverse okay. on my phone. And I've also been playing Neon White. Hey! How did you get your hands on Neon White? Uh, yeah, I actually yes. spent the $25 for it wow. on the Switch. Oh, so you're playing the Switch game. I played the Switch version. I didn't get the Steam so version. Um, I think I passed you. Passed. Shocker. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I mean, you have a lot more time than I do to play video games. Well, we just so pre-pod. it's really <laughs> weird playing what's essentially a speedrunning game yeah. while watching speedrunning speed games, oh, yeah, which, bet. by the way, we need to mention. Yes. S- S- summer games yes. done quick. Uh, wraps up today. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. So or today. Yeah, no, it's today, but today. it's like at midnight, oh, so sure. yeah. Anyway, so this is the last full day of speedrun, so go tune in to twitch.tv. Search Summer Games Done Quick. Find that. They're doing the Wind Waker run as we speak. It's pretty wild. Uh, But yeah, so... uh, Currently at $1.8 million for Doctors Without Borders. So you've passed me. Does that mean that you've just been like powering through levels? Pretty much. I I think I'm at um, Angel Rank 55. Okay, I'm like in the low 70s, I think. Maybe early 60s or late 60s or something. I don't know. Um, So you're probably like a world ahead. I'll probably a couple of worlds. Have you been going back and getting uh, platinums? Though? That's the thing, though. I don't have to go back and get platinums. Okay, all right. Brag, 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 brag. What? 
Are you getting them the first time? No, I'm just redoing <laughs> the exact same level over and over again until I get it, and then I'm moving on to the next level. Okay, that's interesting, because I've been doing something similar. So what I've done, I have a whole setup now. I go through all of them first run, mm-hmm. getting golds. I make sure I get gold on each one of them before I move on. And then once I've finished the mission and gotten a little story chunk after that, yeah. when they send me back to the hub world, I immediately go back and get all the presents and get all the platinums. That's what I've been doing. Oh, I've before been... I move on next level i've been running first through it trying to figure out okay i think i can pretty much skip this because there's no enemies here that i need to kill so i can uh figure out like where am i trying to cut where am i trying to go around mm-hmm. get to the end then get platinum and then go hunting for the uh the present and yeah some of those presents are pretty tough to some of the presents are, are pretty, yeah it's yeah. weird ass places some of them are Literally below the level. That I happened twice that. to me. I saw that. Too. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? How was I ever going to know that? Like, kind of thing. As a just whipping the camera around, trying right. to find it. Uh, but I have, so because I've been playing on the Switch, yeah. I have the gyroscope enabled. So I've been moving oh, it around oh, every now and then. Okay. So you've been playing every level with the gyro? Uh, I've only used the gyro every now and then. So, because, oh. like, if I forget to, like, move the camera up and I just instantly, like, move it up. Like or to the side, like to where the enemy is, it moves it with it. I mean, the game's pretty smart. It doesn't always, mm-hmm. you don't always need pinpoint accuracy, but every once in a while, in order to get that platinum, it will expect you to shoot an enemy in midair. Or like oh, that yes. one level where it expects you to quickly look up, shoot the glass, and then keep moving. Yes. There's a lot of stuff like that where that really needs pinpoint precision. But it's like one thing in like a level full of things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like life or death, but it's definitely if you want consistent platinums, or say you want to beat your friend's time, which unfortunately since we're on different platforms we can't do. Yes, which sucks because I would love to have a speed run competition with you <laughs> on this game because it's that fun. Um, but yeah, like you just got to send me screenshots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this I'll is just my come time. O- well, because we got the switch, I'll just come over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shovel your time, but yeah. Um, so as so playing on the switch, how's the loading times getting in and out? So Neon White is a game where if you fail, you immediately want to jump right back in. Yes. And I hear that the loading times take a little bit longer on the switch. If they do, I don't care because it's fast enough okay. to where I'm not sitting there waiting constantly for it to upload. It uploads relatively fast. It's not immediate like you kind of ex- expect from like the new SSDs and yeah. And stuff that hardware that's being used, and not right, just right, CPUs, right, but right. PS5s and Xbox. But it's still fast enough to where I don't okay. mind, and it gives me time to actually think and plan yeah. out what I want to do next, mm-hmm. instead of just having me stay on that load screen. Like, okay, yeah. let me now try and think. Well, it's like, come on, you want to go, you want to go, you want to go. So ultimately, what do you think? Do you think it, uh, I sold it well last week? Do you think it's a fun? I mean, you definitely sold thing? it well, and I think uh, partly because SGDQ is yeah. running on. Yeah, they've been running ads. One, well, they've been running ads for it. Okay. But it's also that um, it's game. like, oh, yes, speedrunning. Wait, there's a game I can speedrun while watching speedruns. <laughs> uh, then, of course, the other elephant in the room. What do you think about the, the writing? Because uh, that's kind of been the hot topic issue this last week on the Internet. A lot of people are very, very polarized about whether they think this is a funny game or not. I don't know about funny, but I do want to say that because, I'm, well, there's no voice acting. Wait, there's no voice acting, right? There is definitely voice acting. Oh, I'm except, playing on mute. <laughs> yeah, there's voice acting except for in the um, 
unlockable dialogue. Yeah. There's only a little bit of voice acting. Okay. Everything else though is fully voiced. So oh. the plot stuff in between like, I've been missions, playing on mute. Absolutely voiced. I've been playing on mute. Yeah, you missed out on uh, you missed out on some uh, some familiar voice actors that you would absolutely rec- recognize. So, so uh, because I've been playing on mute, I've been using the voices in my head of characters <laughs> that I know. That's funny. So uh, Leon White is my general protag voice. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're right on with that one. Neon Yellow. uh, When he mentioned, as soon as he mentioned uh, John John Cena, Cena. (laughs) I was just, okay, you're just voiced by John Cena now constantly. Honestly, not too far off. Uh, He's actually voiced by Ian Jones Cordy of OKKO. Right, you think you told me that. And then, um, so, and then both Neon Violet Mm -hmm. and Neon Red. Are both voiced by Ashley Birch. <laughs> one version is the yeah. Tiny Tina version. Yeah, and the other, the other one, one is, is the Aloy is version. Yeah, you're, not, you're not wrong, but yeah, they're not wrong in intonation, at least, is what I'll say. <laughs> but Ashley Birch is not this game. No, but in my head canon, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Okay, well, uh, uh, but, but, but. And then, then Boss Cat is. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God, it's Bender. Yeah, it's very similar. Uh, Jumagio, kind of, kind of delivery. Absolutely, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just drawn that way. They're like, yeah. you, you want it's just easier to invoke those kind of things. But, but yeah, head cannon just blasting away. But writing wise, though, from that, how how, crin- how on the cringe uh, scale, what would you put it on? Have you been like, or have you been like, okay? Um, I put it more at seven that's because <laughs> they're leading into the oh, yeah. over exaggerations of oh, these characters i saw a, a good take on twitter last week that i think sums it up really well um it's that or yeah it was somebody who had uh, put an excerpt of the review i think that they did the ign or polygon review for it and they had put it in there that's like the the best part of those characters is that they're like, you think that they're leaning into, like, being ridiculous, but really what it is is that they have no idea. Who, like, they have no idea who they are either. Mm-hmm. So they're leaning into these stereotypical things because it's like a placeholder. Because they, just like the, the protagonist, white, yep. have no yep. idea yep. who they used to be. Right. So they made up this identity, and the game is them trying to figure out who they actually are. You mean it's like a role-playing game where everyone's leaning into the different yeah. characteristics yeah. like excessively? It's neat. What? I think a lot of people are missing that with how over the top it is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's absolutely over the top. And if you're if you're sensitive to like, oh god, this is so anime, then this is not gonna work for you. Oh, it was very anime. It's yeah. very anime. Uh but yeah, um I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, uh, I'm we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to swap some times on, on those early levels because I, I'm I kinda wanna like now listen to it with game audio, but oh, at the same yeah, time, I'm think... like, but my head cannon. I don't yeah, want to break you might, it. Yeah, you might not want <laughs> the voices uh, when you hear the real ones, but um, but uh, and then uh, of course the 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 obvious question then uh, that remains is, well, which one is which one are you going to pursue, yellow, violet, or red? <laughs> um, it's not giving me an option. I mean, you do get give presents to everybody. Yeah, you give presents to everybody. Hades, think of it as Hades, right? It's like you give it to everybody, but you can lead with one. Oh, which one do I start with? Yeah, which one is your go-to? Oh, I always start with uh, yellow. Okay, all right. Just because I bro out. Just because okay. I bro out first. Bro out. Okay. I and then typically red will be in the same area, so I'll just do that and then jump over to 
a violet? Initially, I was like, okay, red all the way. Mm-hmm. But Violet's growing on me. Oh, yeah. I think she's fun. Anyway. So, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll uh, check back in in the online. I'm just saying right now, market uh, July 2nd on this podcast. I've been between this and Horizon. It's really close. I'm sorry, but I know we're waiting for God of War. <laughs> I'm just saying, end of the year discussion. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be really hard. Interesting you didn't say Kirby on that list. Kirby <laughs> might have been just nudged back. Uh, I have to obviously finish Kirby, and I have to finish Neon White now. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I have probably actually have to go back and finish Horizon some more, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for now, though, Neon White's going to be hard to beat. I like that every level is quick. Yes. It's a, like every, every level you're supposed to complete in under a minute. Yeah. So which means that some levels take 30 seconds to complete. Some levels take 20 seconds. So you can get right back in and right. get through. I mean, I want to see the speed run of this game. Yeah, oh my god. I can't imagine. Neon white, all, yeah, all, all perfect. Yeah. In, what, under an hour? Yeah, oh. 30 I, minutes? I bet. Yeah, I don't know. But it's going to be so, so fast. Ugh. That's Neon White. Uh, yeah. Any other big games? Mm-hmm. Nothing new. Um, no. I did, for those of you who are paying attention. Yeah, I, I always do. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do now have access to PC Game hey. Pass. Hey. I haven't gotten into it yet, but I now have access to it. Um, I'll be playing it um, more throughout the month of July into the end of the year. So, new games that come out on PC Game Pass. Check them out. Including all the um, EA sports games I'll definitely be checking out. Soon. uh, Madden 23. Right around the corner. It's coming up there, too. They just added Assassin's Creed Origins uh, to Game Pass last week. So, yeah, there's a lot to play. Yep. I just got to figure out if I want to play on the uh, keypad or controller. (laughs) Well, that'll be fun. Yep. But in the meantime, let's move on to the second half of the show, yep. I don't think. We always start the television section with the Sports Corner. The big sports news, of course, is that the Stanley Cup has a new home. The Colorado Avalanche has have won. Um, so, yeah. And they've already dented the Stanley Cup. So I saw that, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's quick. I don't know. What do you think about the Avalanche? It says, oh, my God. Syria, I'm not talking to you. Uh, do you think this is well reserved? Well deserved. I mean, yes, they beat the two-time defending yeah. champ, uh, yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. Kept them from the three-peat. Yes, they spread them from the three-peat. Congratulations to Jack Johnson, not that Jack Johnson, <laughs> for winning another I love Stanley Cup. <laughs> for winning another Stanley Cup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well deserved. Like they were the top team in the uh, Pacific Division. They're top team throughout the year. They beat the top, the defending champions. Yeah, well yeah. deserved. Congratulations, yeah. Avalanche. Not since. 2001, I want wow, to say. So 20 years. About 20 years, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations to the Avalanche. Next up, in a story that's kind of a culmination of something we talked about before, UCLA and USC have both committed to join the Big Ten Conference, dropping the Pac-12 starting in 2025. This means the Pac-12 reverts back to the Pac-10. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Because they lose too. <laughs> However, the Big Ten does not become a larger number. Does not become the Big Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but hey, it's college football. What are you going to do? It's so sports I completely guess. out of left field, and by that I mean the yeah. left side of the United States. There. Yes, exactly. Um, UCLA and USC have both put in application, and they've been accepted 
by the Big Ten Conference to yes. join starting in the 2025 season. Yes. So they go 22, 23, mm-hmm. 23, 24, 24. And, then, and then they start go 24, 25 is when they officially begin. So, of course, we've talked about this before uh, when we talked about the story before. Um, this is just a marketing move, right? This is mostly like we want to see where like, we want to be part of the thing where there's the most eyeballs, where the merch sells the best. This is purely a business move. This is 100 percent a yeah. business move. But this is also a bowl game move because USC um uh ucla however good they may be in the pac-12 will never be seen as true competitors Mm -hmm. to the rest of the ncaa as long as they're over there as long as they're in the pac-12 because of the teams that they play basically usc ucla even stanford would need to be undefeated to even be recognized to considered for a bid in the uh on the four playoff spots so it seems like they made this call because the system is completely broken for them Oh, it is. You know, when you constantly have two SEC teams right. and one ACC team, mm-hmm. that only leaves one open spot between the Big Ten yeah. and the Pac-12 to fill in for the uh, college football playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that's frustrating. Yep. And so they're trying to get around that frustration. Yep. So this, of course, follows in the footsteps of what we reported on last month and the previous year of Texas A&M yeah. joining the SEC of just these college town schools moving around in divisions and eventually we're going to get to two super divisions of schools <laughs> that just play football super and division. eventually you know completely ignore the other sports that exist within uh, that those schools yeah because football tickets and football money brings in all the money to basically fund all those other sports. And yet we can't pay the athletes. God, no. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> NIL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Anyway. Anyways, what this does mean is that I wonder if Arch Manning now <laughs> forfeits Texas a oh, to go to L.A., shit. UCLA, USC. Oh, shit. Because they're joining the Big Ten Conference and he oh. can live in L.A., Hook up, up with all those movie stars, like uh-huh, be uh-huh, in Hollywood, uh-huh. and still get to a chance to play in the the uh, college football playoffs. And because this, that's why he went to uh, Texas A and M, and not just because of, of uh, the coach over there. Is this just a long media. con for for uh, for you to get him as a uh, ramp? As a yes, <laughs> a long con to get him to UCLA. And then, yes, in and the blue, then get drafted immediately to the to the Rams. Yes, he just he just becomes the mayor of LA. <laughs> It's the long con right there. That's the long con right there. <laughs> oh, speaking of drafts, though, Pablo Banchero from Duke has been selected as the number one overall pick by the Magic in the NBA draft. Yep, and then a bunch of other players were drafted after him as well. Yeah, other people have been, but really, it's the Pablo <laughs> Banchero news. You only, yeah, you only care about the number one, yeah. and then everyone else after that is just. They get drafted. We all hear about them in 10 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, five years. Five years. Like, right. And then you're like, oh, they were all the same draft class? Why, yes. It wasn't a bust like the 2012 draft class, <laughs> which we don't talk about. We don't talk about that. Uh, speaking of something that most people don't talk about, but here on the Media Boat <laughs> Podcast, we do. Oh, the segment. USFL, the championship game is coming up, and the Birmingham Stallions will face the Philadelphia Stars. Yep, that game is tomorrow, um, Are you going July to watch 3rd. It? 
It is in prime time on Sunday oh, at seven thirty. Wow. Easter time, which is 4.30 That here. is the death time <laughs> slot, is what that is. 7.30 on a Sunday? No one is watching television. But okay. Look, it works for football. USFL. Oh, wait, no, they start at 5 on a Sunday. <laughs> That's like a baseball game. That's an East Coast baseball game time. Yep. I don't know. Are you excited at all for the USFL championship game? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. It's a championship game. This means that these are the best two teams. <laughs> Does it, though? Are these the best two teams? Oh, uh, yes. The Birmingham Stallions right. only lost one game this year. Hey. And Good for them. Yep. So good for them. They are the expected champions. Sure. But, you know, they got to beat the Stars first. All right. Meanwhile, in other sports, Wimbledon happens this week. So get your tennis on. Yep. Um, wear your white. Um, you, you see any of these protests going on? No. Um, so um, there's. Leading into Wimbledon uh, this uh, this week, mm. uh, a lot of the female athletes have come out and spoken up against wearing white in Wimbledon, ah. especially because women, um, they're forced to wear white, and it does ah. not look good if you uh, have your, get your period. Sure. During okay. that time. All right. It's riskier. It's a lot riskier, and it's a lot more noticeable. Sure. So sure. they... Um, it's not a boycott. It's kind of mandatory that you have to wear white. It's kind of like the uniform for Wimbledon. But they're basically trying to protest to get that changed. Yes. Got it. Okay. Well, they're saying that this is the one tournament where you're forcing us right. to wear a specific uniform. No other sport does no this. No other sport does this. No other tournament in tennis does this. Right. Why do we have to wear Why white here? Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Well, hopefully they get their they get their way here. I would love to see a win for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly in sports news uh, that you have written down here, uh, Universal is going to shut down the Olympic Channel starting September 30th. Yes, they've already shut down the uh, sports channel for them. Yeah, but I guess now the NBC Olympic sports, Channel. Yeah, NBC Sports got turned off um, last year. So uh, I get why you would do this in a non-Olympic year, because in non-Olympic years, all the Olympics channel does is show either prelims or old footage from the Olympics. Uh, maybe some documentaries. I mean, we had the Olympics earlier this year. We did, believe it or not. But, um, what happens when there's Olympics again? Then do they lose a potential place to do that? Or do they just assume, like, well, we have Peacock now and we can stream everything? That's what they're going to do. Because in two years, they can fully expand and fully integrate their sports channel into Peacock. So... In two years' time, once all that development has been put in place, they can say, hey, Peacock watch... Peacock is the home for the Olympics. Peacock is the home yeah. for the Olympics. Watch every sport live mm-hmm. and replays with coverage on Peacock and to get people to sign up for Peacock. It does certainly make a lot of sense to do that, to mm-hmm. do it that way. So, I mean... You know, it just took them ten years later <laughs> to do it. We had to get to our streaming future. I know. Get there. Any other sports news before we move on? Uh, should we really briefly talk about the melee? The melee. The melee. Yes, we should talk about the melee. Uh, so, yeah. if you were uh, in attendance for a Angels versus the Mariners, you were also <laughs> in attendance for a boxing match. All right. So, um, or was it a uh, UFC wrestling match? <laughs> I know, right? I did see somebody on Twitter compare it to an octagon? Yep. Uh, but yeah. So, real briefly. Uh, uh, bench clearing brawls happen every once in a while in baseball, not as much as apparently they used to. Um, mm-hmm. Seems like in the 70s and 80s, this was a way more common occurrence. 
these days, usually when benches clear, usually there's like a bunch of bodies next to each other, but it usually doesn't go to punches or pushes or doesn't become violent right away. Mm -hmm. This was a rare exception to that. And from what I understand, it's the first one of these we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, the short uh, version of what happened and what spurred this on was that um, in the Angels versus Mariners game at home here in Anaheim, um, Phil Nevin, who is interim coach uh, after Joe Madden's release, mm -hmm. um, changed uh, a little pitching strategy for a game and opened and did an opener instead of a starter, which basically means take somebody from the bullpen who's typically a reliever, have them start before the person who's going to take the brunt of the most of the game. So he led with rookie Andrew Wance. I believe Andrew is his first name. Uh, yes, he wants to go by Wance. He wants it. <laughs> he wants it. He wants it. Uh, so that should have been the first first. Yes, time. as Gooby puts it, <laughs> Wance rhymes with pants. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this should have been a lot of people's first red flag. Note. There was already tensions in this series versus the Mariners, most notably because Mike Trout, after the game before this, expressed worry that a Mariners pitcher was aiming for his head at an inside pitch. He said a quote that I'm going to paraphrase here, which was like, if you're going to pitch inside, you have to do it well. You can't pitch inside and, aim and go for the head. It's just not what you do. Like, basically saying it's a responsibility of the pitcher, even if they lose control of the ball, to make sure it doesn't go up up there. If you miss, miss inside near, like, the torso. Don't, like, the head is too dangerous. It is unclear, still to this point, whether or not that Mariners pitcher was on purpose aiming or just lost control of the pitch. It seems like the general understanding is it was just a missed pitch, which happens all the time in baseball. Cue Andrew Wance. Cue Andrew Wance, which it seems like, judging, uh, so there were two pitches that he pitched in the, in the first inning. Second inning? I forget what it was. Second inning. Uh, I think it was the top of the third. Top of the third, you're right. Um, it, yeah, Angels were pitching. There so was yeah. one that did seem awfully close to a Mariner's head. That got largely dismissed, uh, but he was warned. Mm -hmm. Wance was warned once this happened. But then, Winker is up, and Wentz tilts toward him to pitch directly at his rump. His rump, let's say. Not too dissimilar to that Sean Murphy bouncer we yes. saw at the beginning of the, 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 uh, the season. The difference is, though, is that he uh, Winker didn't do a full turn enough, so it hit him on the side, which probably was pretty painful. So immediately, the Mariners start wondering what's up. You see movement happening in, in the, uh, the, the Mariners' dugout. You see the manager uh, ask for uh, Wance to be ejected He goes, from the game. He makes the movement yeah. for him to be ejected. And Winker uh, has to be pulled away from, by the umpire because he wants to dash at He wants Angel. Wance. Yeah, dash at either Wance or the, the Angels' dugout. So Winker there. gets hit. Doesn't take first base. Right. He starts yelling at Wance, yes. yelling at the dugout. The umpire's trying to push him away. Yeah. He swims around <laughs> yes. the umpire to start attacking 
Rendon. <laughs> yes, and then obviously that's when the bench is Who, mind you, Rendon currently injured yes. and has a club on his arm. So yeah, Rendon gets his hand <laughs> on Winker's face, his left hand, which I saw the funniest bit I saw on Twitter about this is this is only the second thing, the wildest thing that Rendon has done with his left hand arm this, this year. <laughs> Not um, in the home run he hit. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it developed into chaos after that. Everyone yes. and both teams seem to be involved here. Uh, people who you wouldn't think would be involved, like Trout and Otani, were involved. It seemed like mostly just to hold people back from causing more violence. It was such a fight that the they even cleared the bullpens. Yes. They came running yes. down onto the field. You saw people from yeah from the bullpen clear all from the other side of the, the field. So pitchers were involved, mm-hmm. most notably Angels pitchers. Uh, Ryan Tapera and uh, Iglesias, um, and you had management uh, come in and be, get involved in this mm-hmm. on both sides. Um, so yeah, it just was absolute chaos. Nobody knew what was happening. Uh, people got hurt, uh, most notably Angels uh, Angels pitcher uh, Archie Bradley ended up falling on his arm while he was trying to get over the wall of the dugout to go out out to the field. Uh, you had a great moment of Iglesias throwing, like shot-putting, a case of sunflower seeds onto the field in mm-hmm. anger. Um, and yeah, ultimately it led to... Uh, several bans. Immediate in- ejection for Ejections. Lance and for Phil Nevin. Um, and then later, suspension uh, for several players on both, on both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, those suspensions are being either appealed right now or being uh, played Served. out. Wance and Nevin are already out on theirs. Um, so yeah, it's really set a tone uh, for the Angels' season—a season that's already been up and down roller coaster ride between a really strong start and then a 14-game losing streak, and now this. And it also shoots the Mariners' season in the foot. Uh, they looked pretty good in that series. That might be it because of the, the key players that they've left, lost in their rotation from mm-hmm. this. It could have long-term consequences for both the Angels and the Mariners' season going forward and could mean the wild card picture for the AL uh, looks even weirder than it did before. All because of one brawl in one game. But all this is not going to matter because currently <laughs> the, the Astros. Houston Astros just <laughs> went through a tear yes. in New York, going 11-2 and through both New York teams. Yes. And guess who they're in a series against right now? Yes, you guessed <laughs> it. The Angels, who they will absolutely guaranteed destroy. <laughs> I mean, they already went 8-1. Yeah, last night. Last night. It's not going to get better, folks. <laughs> it's not going to get any better. All I hope that, uh, yeah, it's a confusing thing. And as much as I'd want to be, so yes, it's established that we are Angels fans here on the podcast. But I definitely feel uncomfortable a little bit about how this this went. I have doubts in Nevin's ability as a manager, the fact that he would seemingly do this on purpose and basically sacrifice a rookie pitcher to do so. I have worries about Lance for carrying, carrying through with the plan. Um, I do uh, respect the fact that he did not appeal his uh, suspension and he's serving it the way he should, and he feels guilty very clearly. It seemed like there was footage on the field of him basically explaining to other players, yes, I was forced to do this, and Mm -hmm. I couldn't say no. 
So at least he was honest about it. But that being said, I have worries about his, you know, his like his. Well, his he's ever managed a MLB team. He's been triple A. Yeah. And so like, yeah. immediately, I'm like, wow, he's an interim coach because, uh, yeah, this really sows some doubts. But on the flip side of this, it doesn't mean that the Mariners get off of this experience scot-free. No, Winker was an agitator through yep. this entire thing. He even flipped off fans, which he did apologize for. That, at least. <laughs> Nothing else, though. And the fact that he was really spurring it on. A lot of Mariners players were spurring it on and keeping the, the fight going when it should have ended. Mm-hmm. So everyone is at fault here. Um, like, there's no... Nobody gets off scot-free, but it definitely makes me less fervent of an Angels fan than I was feeling. Like, I was I was all cylinders go this season, and now I have to feel like to maybe reel that back a little mm-hmm. bit because it's just embarrassing. Yep. It was just an embarrassing thing for everybody involved. But if you want to vote as that for best <laughs> fight... The ESPYs yeah. occurring in two weeks, hosted by, uh, I think he won MVP, Steph Curry. Yes. Uh, NBA MVP, to, Steph right? Curry. It had to be, right? Yes. Um, speaking of which, uh, speaking of angels, though, for the ESPYs, uh, Shohei Otani up for some very key awards here. Yep. So I hope I hope he at least, he at least deserves <laughs> yeah. to be recognized. He's having yet another MVP season yes, already. Yes, We're only halfway through. Him and Trout look stellar. Their numbers are fantastic. It's the other uh, seven it's people. Everybody else. Uh, well, we'll see how the season goes. But yep. it's it's a dark time right now. And hopefully oh. everybody can figure out. Oof. Anyway. Anyways, we actually have TV news to get we to. We do have TV news to get through. <laughs> yeah, it's slow. We, we can spend time. Oh, I know. We don't have a whole lot of We're already of halfway thoughts. through the show. It's We're only we're only an hour in. So yeah. we're okay. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of Extra thoughts here. All right, let's move on then uh, into television news proper. Start- oh, last uh, one. Last one. Last <laughs> one I say. Yes. Lastly, in um, uh, sports news, I thought yes. that's what we were going to go to. Then we pivoted. No, we pivoted. Uh, today and tomorrow, two-day event. Money in the bank. <laughs> WWE. Sure. Yes. Ladder matches. Yes. You got to climb to get that money in the bank contract. Uh, takes place in Vegas this weekend, which means if you're planning to go to Vegas for Fourth of July for all the fireworks and fun, you gotta deal with all the wrestling fans too now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. <laughs> all right. Anyways, now let's move on yes. to television news. We start television news with a little bit of a follow-up story about some unionization happening with The Simpsons. Production workers at the long-running animated television shows The Simpsons, American Dad, and Family Guy have gained voluntary recognition from their parent company, 20th uh, 20th Television Animation, to join the Animation Guild. According to a statement from the union, quote, the production workers won with 90% support across all three shows. Jason Jones, not that Jason Jones, a production supervisor for American Dad, said that he hopes the move is a beacon to other animation production workers. He says, I would hope that it galvanizes everyone else to organize and recognize their own self-worth and not believe in that old studio construct that production is somehow a stepping stone to a better career path. Because, says Jones, many of them love the job they have now. They don't want to move on to something else. So good for them getting that union uh, recognized by their parent company. That is always the biggest hurdle for something like this. It's not hard to uh, to, uh, organize your workers. It's hard to get the company to recognize it. Mm -hmm. So this means that they can start going to the table and uh, get terms um, that they deserve. Yep. Um, the next ones to drop are the uh, just Royland Production Studios, yes. and I think some of the Netflix guys. 
So, uh, hey, all power to it. Hopefully this steamroll keeps on rolling and we get more organization in the world of animation. Collective bargaining yes. at its best. It works. Our second story takes us to the magic makers over at ILM, or Industrial Light and Magic. Uh, they're, of course... Those the, Star Wars people. Yes, the famed Star Wars special effects team has worked on other stuff as well. They've built a new stagecraft LED stage, just like their existing ones, which features a 95-foot LED screen up in Vancouver. This marks the company's fifth of these, following two in Manhattan Beach, one in Burbank, and one at Pinewood Studios in London. This new studio will start with the upcoming Disney Plus series Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Quote, With ILM stagecraft technology, we allow filmmakers to design, light, and shoot the digital world as they would in the practical world, all integrated in front of the cast and crew on stage, says Chris Bannister, executive producer at ILM Stagecraft. Recent Disney Plus productions that use this technology include The Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the upcoming film Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, I also believe it's been used sparingly, but definitely has been noticeable in Ms. Marvel. Yes. I saw yeah, one I particularly uh, uh, awkward-looking shot this last week that I was like, oh, boy, this lighting looks super unnatural. This has to be a real engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, so, all this is great for like, story artists, production artists. It does mean that actual physical stages are going to be similar. They're not going to be the big spectacle, especially when you can put them on an LED screen. Yeah. This does kind of bode well for Percy Jackson and the Olympians if it's going to be looking like the Mandalorian, like Obi-Wan. Right, right, right. Similar in that aspect where you're going to have these vast worlds built with um, ILM, built with Unreal Engine 5. It's going to look good, so we can kind of like not worry about that anymore, but instead now we have to worry about actual production people right. might be losing out on jobs and contracts because it's going to an LED screen. It's a lot of, it's like a lot of major changes when it comes to um, new technologies. New technologies introduced in uh, filmmaking or television uh, uh, production. Yep. Is, yeah, it's for whatever uh, advances. Things it cuts, like whatever shortcuts it provides. Equally, somebody out there who had a job that they were relying on does eventually lose that because of this technology. And on top of that, we also see some growing pains happening with this technology. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, a lot more people are becoming more familiar with what it can do, but also with the limits of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can see the seams in some of this. I saw a lot of people talking about certain shots in Obi-Wan looking kind of awkward. Um, So yeah, as with anything, it's just going to be a learning experience for everybody involved. And uh, hopefully they'll figure out how to make this stuff look good. I mean, that just comes with time, mm-hmm. with experience, with people sure. who aren't necessarily hired now, but because new Unreal Engine 5 is out, like you, right now, working um, in your house on yeah. Unreal Engine 5, yes. can uh, master that craft and become a production designer on shows like this for Disney Plus using an, uh, a 95 foot LED wall. Oh, that yeah. is massive. It's huge. It's big. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. Uh, the future. It's probably going to be full of it, so we'll only have to wait and see how it looks. Let's move on. Or if anyone wants to step in and be a competitor against them. Yeah, right? Unless somebody (laughs) wants to try to come up with something better. Uh, Let's move on then out of television news to some television that we've been watching. Uh, What is Rise? Okay, so 
new on Disney Plus is a movie called Rise. Okay. And just by the name Rise, it could be literally anything. Uh-huh. It is a terrible name. It's an for, awful name. Um, so this is a film based on the story of Giannis Acquitidecampo. Oh, okay. And his brother and how they were able to rise out of um, the Greek society, their troubled past, to become drafted by the NBA. Okay. Now, if this seems very familiar, it's because this is very similar to the story I talked about last week, <laughs> starring Adam Sandler. Yes, yes. It does sound similar. Yeah. Except this one's a true story. Except, one, this one's a true story, and two, this one is about the player mm-hmm. and not the uh, manager or right. um, agent. Um, so it does deal more with like the humble beginnings of Giannis in learning basketball, learning what it is. The only thing I, I mean, one of the main things I have is that because you're playing actors as they are older, uh, but in the timeline they're younger, but you can't really show the names because you have to keep the same actor. Yeah. The same kind of issue that you, you have when you watch um, The Blind Side, mm-hmm. how he looks the same. Throughout all the years of a uh, high school of high school, and he doesn't yeah. change. But in order to show that growth right. around right. everyone else, um, also this is very similar to another sports movie that I recently watched, American Underdog. Oh right, yeah. Where if I know what the outcome is, and I know where it's going, how much of this like struggle and perseverance am I really invested in? If I know where it's going to get to, yeah. Because I'm just waiting for it yeah. to get to. Okay, is he going to the NBA? <laughs> right. like, I know he's going to the NBA. You know he's I know, going there. I know he's, he's there now. Drafted. He's there now. He's a big game. <laughs> so, like, when we get up to that part, how much of this is just artificially built tension for the sake of tension in a film? Right, 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 right. Um, this does also fall into kind of the other collegiate athletes with troubled stories that they have. Um, like they did the one about the Clemson safety called mm-hmm. Safety. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Um, uh, last year. Same kind of, actually, shot very similarly. Uh-huh. Uh, similarly lit. I think it might be the same production company, actually, but exact same kind of thing. If you want kind of like a feel good, hey, I like this sport and I want to see someone who struggled but made it, and kind of like that inspirational story. Yeah. Go yeah. watch Invincible instead. But <laughs> if you want to, have, want to watch Disney Plus, yeah. Um, then just turn on uh, Miracle because that's a better movie than this. <laughs> Okay, well, however, however, let me pitch you uh, somebody uh, a situation in which maybe this would uh, help somebody make a decision. So I maybe mentioned uh, to you before uh, that friend of the show, Christy, has this idea that she wants to get into basketball next season, but she was trying to pick a team. Mm-hmm. She initially expressed interest in the Lakers. I was trying to move her away from the Lakers because it's too predictable. Yes. Um, so I suggested, well, what about the Clippers? And she was like, eh, maybe... But then she did her own, like, looking around, as we suggested that she did. Yes. And she landed on Giannis okay. as an interesting player and thus wanted to Greek. root for his team. Yes. Because she is also of a Greek background mm-hmm. and she thinks that's interesting. So should she watch this movie to get to know him a little bit more and his story in order to continue her uh, adventure here about choosing between... He's on the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yes. So between the Bucks and the Clippers, ultimately, as the team she follows. 
Uh, yes, please follow the Milwaukee Bucks instead of the Clippers, for God. Oh, okay, all right, all right, you're, you're picking a side already. Well, I'm anti-Clippers because I'm uh, pro-Lakers. Sure. But okay. also, the Clippers are getting their own arena soon. Uh, unnecessarily okay. next to the uh, new SoFi Stadium. Yeah. I don't really like that. Side <laughs> note, though, if she does end up going with the, the Bucks, how does she watch a game? How does she watch the games? Do you, uh, does she have? Do we have to subscribe to? I want to say uh, the NBA package. I want to say ESPN Plus has some? has most of the games. Oh, do they? Okay, I already have that. I want to say they do. Okay, we'll have to hmm. wait around till NBA season comes back. I'll have to take. Uh, take but a look yeah, at no, that. it's good. I mean, it does. So, because Giannis grew up, grew up <laughs> during the uh, 2007-2008 financial crisis injuries, right. yes, it does de- delve into okay. some of that right. uh, on the parent side as they struggle to become citizens of Greece. But there's also a lot of like the extra layers and the struggles that um, people who like are trying to seek asylum, seek new residency mm-hmm. in the country, go through, and it's kind of it's that's the main plot of Rise. That's the A plot, and yeah. the B plot is the basketball until it swaps because you realize, oh, this is Giannis, a kid uh-huh. campo. Finally, we're in him actually playing basketball. Now we're doing and the being started by basketball players. Right. Now we're going to move into that and how these clash now, and so there's like this built up tension okay. of of it. Okay. So if you if you like Giannis, if you like the Bucks, yeah, it's a good movie. But just keep in mind that a lot of these shots and the way things are created artificially for the built suspension sure, and tension. Absolutely. It yeah. is a movie after all. It's not. Right. It's inspired by a true story. It's not, not a documentary. documentary. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fictionalized account of something yes. that happened. Yes. It's not right. like this one person was the reason this happened. No. Right. It's, an make, it's an amalgamation of different characters, of different people in real life, but they consolidated into one person. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'll let her know. I'll let her know that this exists, and uh, yeah, we'll check it out. But yeah, thank you for the advice. Because yeah, I was kind of pushing her that direction, too. But she, uh, the most recent thing she said uh, was that she was going to try to watch a little bit of both of their, their games early in the season and see which one she liked better. And I'm like, alright, go for it. We'll see what happens when we get to basketball season. I mean, we can also like show her Donald Sterling in the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> that makes switch sway switch her mind. <laughs> Maybe. All right, let's move on then uh, to something that I started watching this week. I don't know if you caught up on this as well. Uh, yeah, I know that it was starting this week. Mm-hmm. I have not watched the first okay. episode yet. So the first two are out. Okay, the first two are out. I've not watched the, these episodes yet. Um, they were on my watch list, but yes. currently going through some reconstruction sure. and didn't have time. <laughs> but. It is definitely on our list, yes. and we will definitely be checking this out. Yes. Tell only, me a little bit about Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building is back. Uh, so I did not watch season one. Christy <gasps> did. But in as of uh, last week, I have now been fully caught up. I okay. finished basically um, in two weeks all of season one. So I'm all caught up and was able to jump right into season two. I'll get this uh, uh, first uh, first thing. I don't love this show. Mm-hmm. There's some things about the tone of it that I'm not a super fan of. I think that some of it is very, very funny. I think that all the actors are very good at it, good in it, especially uh, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. I think they're perfectly cast here. Mm-hmm. Mark Short is Mark Short. Uh, you get a lot <laughs> of Martin Short from this. Um, I think it's a fun concept. I think uh, the the 
too close reality of a, what it's like to be a struggling podcast that nobody listens to <laughs> was very funny to me as well. I don't love when it tries to get too serious, though. I don't love when it gets into those moments where it's like, oh, but we're actually trying to pull in your t- heartstrings. We're actually going to use this obvious metaphor to tell you mm-hmm. something. Like, That's when I kind of tune out, honestly. So I'm of two minds about it. I think it's fun, and I definitely want to see the mystery part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the show is at its best when it is full, going for full, like, nonstop, we're trying to find out what the mystery is. Mm-hmm. Less character stuff, more solving is what I want. And when it's doing that, I think it's really fun. And I'm happy to report that so far, first two episodes of season two, absolutely get that tone right off the the bat. Stuff gets real immediately. Stuff starts happening immediately. They've established all the characters already, so they know what they need to do and get right into the action, and this does that. Uh, They've got some interesting places with it. So question. End of season one and ends on a cliffhanger. Yes. Does it do the TV thing where it solves the cliffhanger immediately and then goes into the new movie? Uh, not really, actually. Okay. There's, I mean, yes and no. They obviously have to um, try not to spoil anything here. Right. Uh, they obviously have to leave you and no, uh, let you know immediately, yes, you will be dealing with the same characters for mm-hmm. the season. So they do kind of clean up that question. But they are still very much, let's say, at risk. In okay. the plot of season two, and that that has not been erased. They are not in any way uh, off scot free from the events of the ending of season one. Is the way I'll put it. Okay. They still are part of the conversation, and so that is part of the tension of season two. Is that how do you continue a true crime podcast when you yourself are possibly in the mix? <laughs> is the way I'll put it. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting. It still remains an interesting concept for a show. Uh, I don't like, and I like the direction it's going in. Uh, so yeah, I'll stay uh, stay uh, up to date with it, and yeah, we'll probably uh, talk more about it when it wraps up. Yep, and that's a Hulu show. It's on Hulu, so uh, check that out if you got it. Also, speaking of Hulu, show I'm going to be checking out. Um, it's short. It's only I think seven episodes, mm-hmm. each half hour, called The Bear, the Bear. on FX. Well, it's on FX, but it's also on Hulu because Hulu's FX now. Yes. Um, cooking, uh, cooking show, based show, restaurant tour show, based in Chicago. I'm just seeing a lot of good stuff on this. 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, high scores on IMDb. I'll be checking this out. It's a short, 30 minutes each episode, so you can binge watch it in the afternoon. Good. I'll be checking this out and reporting it on next week. Okay. Cool. Well, look forward to that. All right, that's it for television. So let's move into cancellations or new roles. What am I no longer watching? No longer watching Duncanville on Fox, as that's been canceled after three seasons. Uh, so never watched a single episode. Caveat on this: <laughs> there's still like four episodes that were unaired. They're uh-huh. supposed to be part of like a season four. They're gonna burn them on Hulu. They're gonna burn them on Hulu. All right, that's what you do. Next up on FX, The Old Man has been renewed for a second season. HBO is bringing back True Detective for a fourth season. That is supposed to be set in Alaska. Oh. Apple TV Plus says that the third season of C will be its last. Um, where they are all blind. Yes, that's the Jason Momoa is blind show. Yes. And finally, Christy just told me that one of her coworkers uh, said that they watched C, and we were like, oh my god, somebody actually watches C. Someone seesaw? Somebody, somebody saw C. 
No, you can see saw. You can see saw. And you can saw C. And also, you may have seen C. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Paradise PD will get a fourth season on Netflix. Tom Swift is the latest casualty from The CW, canceled after just five episodes. That was a spinoff from the Nancy Drew. Nowhere what they're going to do with the final, like, remaining season that they've already shot. CW remains cleaning up as if they're about to be purchased. Uh, yes. In our because constant, they're about to be purchased. In our constant watch, we're still waiting for that other shoe yeah, to drop. Wait for it. Maybe next week, is, it seems like, from the thing that I read this this week. says, maybe next week. Uh, it's always next week. Just like God of War News. Yes, just like God week. of War News. Maybe this week. Field of Dreams canceled on Peacock before it's even aired. So no uh, episodes will exist of this thing. Yes, they were promoting this thing. Yeah. They and then Not this happening. week they said, "Nope, we're just stopping production. Nothing's happening." They nope. saw the cruelty of baseball during that Angels and Mariners game, and then just decided, "No, we don't believe it anymore." Or they sounded like, "Let's make a series about that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The brawl coming next fall. Uh, Magnum PI gets two more seasons on CBS. That will give her its sixth. Why women? Women, I believe, kill not women. <laughs> Why Women Kill, canceled after two seasons on uh, Peacock. Might, might have been woman. Uh, unless a caveman is writing it. Why Woman Why Woman Kill. The t- <laughs> Time Traveler's Fight. Sorry, Mike. Canceled after one season on HBO Max. Uh, it's done. No right. more Time Traveler's so Fight. So apparently they only got through like the first third of the book. Oh, no. Of the Time Traveler's Wife. So we'll never know. We'll never know what happens next. I don't know. And then, lastly, something called Ten-Year-Old Tom. Has been renewed for a second season on HBO Max. That's what it said. I don't know what 10-year-old Tom is. I think it's an animated show. I bet it is. For children, probably. Let's move on to the movie section. We always start movies with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie is, I'm never going to stop calling it this, Boz Lerman's Elvis. No, stop it. (laughs) It is. A $31 million debut. It did okay. Did well enough to beat Top Gun Maverick, which is your number two movie. And another $29 million. But oh, no, only $2 million separation? But don't worry, because Top Gun Maverick is at $520 million domestically. It is a huge hit. It's past the billion dollars yes. worldwide. Once again, proving that Tom Cruise is the last remaining like yes. box office star. He is the big box office star still. And, uh, yeah. That, this means that the upcoming Mission Impossible oh, will do well. Will do well. Yes. Number three, Jurassic World Dominion, coming in with another $26 million. That's at 303 domestic. Good for you. The Black Phone premiered this week with $23 million. And rounding out your top five, Lightyear, holding on to $18 million this week at 89 domestic. That, that will, is a bomb. Yes, but that will cross the $100 billion mark. Maybe, yeah. It will, but not, not for lack of trying. <laughs> not for lack of effort. Uh, Pixar is probably staring at uh, those numbers and being like, what did we do? What happened? It doesn't look like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Next week, though, Minions will be on top. Yep. Get ready. It, it's a Minions weekend. Yes, so. Minions weekend. Uh, Plus, it'll get the 4th of July bump for the extra day. Yes. But next week, your new release will get everything out of its way. Thor Love and Thunder finally comes out in theaters on the 8th. I will be seeing this on the 7th cool. on Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, and I will have my thoughts on this next, next week. week. Tune in next week for Thor Thoughts. Double T. Let's move on into movie news. Our first story revisits uh, a uh, somebody who has been uh, a little far from the limelight lately, but will be making her return. 
Cameron Diaz. That Cameron Diaz. Yes, after stepping away from Hollywood back in 2018, Cameron Diaz will return alongside Jamie Foxx in Netflix's action comedy, Back in Action. Not to be confused with Looney Tunes, Back in Action. Yes. From 2004. <laughs> Her last film was in 2014 with Jamie Foxx in the Annie remake. To help ease her out of retirement, Jamie Foxx brought in someone who knows a thing or two about returning to work after hiatus, Tom Brady. Yes, they were on a three-way call. Weird. <laughs> Seth Gordon of Horrible Bosses fame is directing the movie from a script he wrote with Brendan O'Brien, writer of Neighbors. Could be comedy. Could be comedy. Sure. Cameron Diaz, a lovable, uh, lovely actress. Mm -hmm. Happy to see her return. Um, from, from a holiday. So, yeah, uh, good to see her back in, back in the biz and doing some more movies. But, man, that story mentioned Jamie Foxx three times. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, because I don't want to confuse Did Fox. Did mention Fox. Jamie Foxx? By the way, Jamie Foxx is in this. Anyways. The story's about Cameron Diaz. But, but by the yes. way, Jamie Foxx is in a good film. May we remind you. Yes, the story also mentioned that Jamie Foxx <laughs> and uh, Cameron Diaz were also in the Any Given Sunday film ah, with Al Pacino. There you go. Back in 2000. Meanwhile, our second story takes us to the Hollywood Critics Association. They had their mid-season awards this past week, and they couldn't get enough of everything everywhere all at once. And neither can I. That film won Best Picture, Director, and Screenplay for The Daniels, Best Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, and Indie Film. Austin Butler, meanwhile, was named Best Actor for, hip -shaking, for his hip-shaking turn in Boz Lerman's Elvis. Damn it. No. <laughs> And Jordan Peele's Nope was selected as the most anticipated film for the second half of 2023. That's Hollywood Critics Association. So, uh, yeah, they seem to uh, have tastes that line up with yours. Yes, they do. So. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to Nope, which comes out at the end of July. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm telling you, it's a yeah. good film. Soon, I'm sure, to come to streaming service near you. Uh, it is available for purchase on streaming services. Right. Uh, not available for So, it's up on no digital, streaming. Yeah. but wait. A little longer for the streaming service. Yep, uh, I still don't see a word of where it's going to land, yeah. uh, because it is an A24. Yeah, so piece. they kind of kind of pick whatever they want. Yep. So we'll see. All right, no movie thoughts this week. Uh, nope. Kind of we're a holding pattern until next week with Thor. Yep, I still have Thor next week. We're um, not going to see uh, Minions. No. Nope. And you were right about Marcel. It doesn't go wide until next week. Yep. So because uh, I think that's what I have. Mm. Nope, I don't have here. Oh, so maybe two weeks. Maybe in two weeks. I don't know. It goes wide later. But yeah, right. so I'll eventually see that movie, but not quite yet. Yep. But yeah, then that means that we're done with movies, and holy shit, we're done before uh, our usual time here. Oh. Hour 20. What is this? Cooking. 80-minute 80, 80 podcast. 80-minute podcast. So thank you for joining us here at the Media Vote Podcast for our quickie. We'll be back next week with hopefully more news to talk about and more thoughts. We'll get all four on you. Yeah. Uh, well, the thunder is coming down. I mean, this is also like the pre-4th of July stuff, yes, so, so there's always no news right. as we get into the holiday here. So as we continue through summer, uh, more Media Boat podcasts to come, so thanks for joining us this week. If you want to see the video versions, whether it's live or archived, you can go to our YouTube channel by searching YouTube for Media Boat Podcasts. There you can find our page, like and subscribe, and click the bell for notifications of when we go live, typically on Saturday mornings. If you want to kick it old school with audio, you can do so on your podcast service of choice, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcasts and you'll find us there. 
You can also find us on social media channels like Twitter, where we're at MediaVoteCast. Facebook, search MediaVoteCast to find, your, find our page there. And if you have comments, questions for us, feedback, recommendations, anything at all that you want to say to us, you can email us at MediaVotePodcast at gmail.com. We'll read your emails on the air if we do that. So thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Have a good week. Don't get sunburned. Don't blow up your hand with a firework. Please be safe and sane this weekend. Don't be Jason Pierre Paul. Yeah, don't. Just don't be an idiot. That's what I'll say. Have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend. And we'll be back next week with thoughts, especially from Thor. We'll have Thor thoughts for all of them. See you then. Bye-bye.